Hey everyone, welcome to Dev Interrupted. I'm Dan Lines, and today's topic is site reliability engineering. As one of the most wanted roles by engineering orgs around the globe, I brought on my friend and SRE manager at G Research, Brian Murphy, aka Murph, to discuss everything we need to know about SRE. Murph, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, of course, Dan. No problem. Happy awesome to be to here. Ha- yeah, awesome to have you. Um, before we jump right into our SRE discussion, uh, I usually ask a few pieces of context about you and your role and your background and your org. So uh, what do you got going on now? All right, so let's see. Some background. Um, I was a developer. I did Java. I did Python. I did all that stuff. I felt a desire to do more things operational. Um, So I really started getting into more of the operations side. Um, And then there was an opportunity to do um, an SRE role. So I started out doing SRE um, for a startup back in the day. Yeah, you're well aware of Dan. Um, we both worked at that startup. Yep, yeah, exactly. Um, and then from there, it, it came sort of building out a team, right? Like the the SRE impact was being felt. It was very positive. It was very good. Build out a team to do more of that. Uh, yeah. So now I lead another SRE team, um, slightly bigger. Um, certainly a lot more experience. I have a bunch of like Zooglers and you know ex Googlers and stuff like that. So really pushing um, observability, monitoring, metrics, alerting, um, all of those types of things. Um, Yeah, that's great. Management. um, Okay. All of those. Can you say anything about what G Research does? Yeah, of course. So G Research is um, a software firm, right? That's what we do. We build software. We just happen to build software for um, financial trading. Uh, quantitative uh, financial trading. Um, so we essentially build out a platform such that these, you know, I'm going to call them math nerds, but they're really much smarter than that. And they're actually really good and decent people um, for the most part, <laughs> the ones I know. Um, they pull together these algorithms and they're like, you know, if, you know, if popcorn goes up and Sony goes down by cheese whiz, yeah. Right? It makes no sense to me. I literally cannot fathom any of it, um, but it works and it works well over time. But one of the things about financial trading is that reliability is key, right? Because if you're not in the market, if you're not, if you're, if your software is down and you're not in the market, it means you're not buying and you're not selling. Not making that's, money. That's not making money. Um, that's not good. So you always want to be in the market. You always want to be buying and selling. Yeah, actually, that that's great context. So let's get into some of the uh, SRE stuff. I'll give a little overview that our producer Nico uh, wrote for me. So if if something sounds wrong, we can blame him. But here's a little history of SRE, and then we'll check with you to see what you you think of this. So this type of role has probably been around for decades before that, but called something like production ops, disaster recovery, prod testing, monitoring type things. Uh, SRE started to rise with cloud computing and all of that started to take shape. You know, engineers really needed to be able to work in production. Uh, The role then became increasingly complex as orgs transition from large monolith 
uh, monolithic infrastructures to distributed microservices. And maybe that's where we're at today. Does that cover how you think of SRE or how, how do you, you think of it? Yeah, there's, um, it's funny, like you can, you can describe it in exactly that fashion, but there was a quote from one of the, um, from Ben Trainer, and I'm gonna get his name wrong, but Ben Trainer, um, where he said, um, SRE is essentially like throwing a software engineer at an operations problem, right? Cause you come from that like developer mindset that design and, you know, think about all of these things. So think about it as a developer, but apply it to an operational type of problem. Yeah. And I think it all encapsulates into that. And who is Ben? He was the, he was like the original SRE at Google. He was like the founder, oh. like, I don't know if you want to call him the, the father of SRE or, or whatever, but he's yeah. certainly the founder of that. The overlord of SRE. No, yes, he, probably, he, yes. Okay, cool. Yeah, I think that's a good way to describe it. And what would you say is the responsibility of an SRE team or of SREs? So, I mean, reliability is like baked into the, the name, right? So it's typically reliability. And... SRE means a lot of different things to a lot of different teams. So it's applicable or it's applied in a bunch of different ways. But for the most part, SREs are, are charged with making sure that your service is up, right? That you're um, meeting your, your reliability, your, your, um, your service level agreements, that type of stuff. Your customers are at the end of the day, happy type of stuff. Yeah. So would you say like is number one metric uptime? No, I wouldn't oh, okay. say it's uptime. I would say it's it, it's going to sound goofy and it's going to sound campy, but it's it's almost customer happiness. OK, right? because your site could be up, but all of it is crap, like parts aren't loading or it's really degraded and it's, it's very bad, but your, you know, your Prometheus metric for up, maybe one, it may be like, a, it, it's, it's doing what it's supposed to, but your customer's having a, a crap time of it. So up, uptime isn't always the, what you want to measure. Yeah, actually, that's really interesting. I guess kind of an immature SRE team might be like, Hey, the, the app is up. Yeah. So we're good. But if the customers are like, this is really slow and I can't really do my job. It's, it might as well be down. It might or, as well be down. Exactly. So is that something you're, you're able to, to measure? Does your team do a happiness measurement or how do you, how do you dive in past uptime? It, we basically talk about it in terms of health, right? Like the health of your service. And then you can, you can figure out, you know, if you, you know, like it, it's, it's easy to describe it in like microservices, right? If your microservice is in charge of taking in some input and sending out some output, then the best thing that you want to do is measure, you know, are you getting in all the messages that you think you're going to get in? Are you pushing out all the messages that you think you should be pushing them out? Is the time it takes to get messages in, messages out, is it low enough? Um, right. Nothing's garbled all of those types of things. If you can satisfy all those, then you can say, yep, you're healthy. You're doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing. Carry on. Yeah, that makes sense. Do you find that you kind of have to define um, 
those metrics on a per service basis or is it kind of like okay like here's some of the general ones that we use for every single service so there's a few and and this goes back like there's right google has this great book right the site reliability book they have the um th there's a bunch of great books that google has but one of them talks about um the four golden signals and you can essentially apply those to um, to each of your services, right? Yeah. And it's, it's like, it's around latency, traffic, errors, and saturation. Okay. And those are, you know, those are the things that you want to measure. And the description I gave earlier factors into, into all of those things. Um, but I so, mean, I didn't mention saturation, but yeah. So latency, that's usually like a, a response time thing. How fast? Yes. Yep. Um, traffic, you said, is the second one? Yep. What, what are we looking like, for there? How many messages are you getting? You know, um, are you scaling out appropriately? Do you have the capacity to handle what's coming at you? Those type of things. So it's like volume kind of. Yeah, demand. Um, what was the third one? The third one was errors. So if you're, if you're running like an HTTP server or something like that, um, and you're mostly returning 500s. Well, that's a problem. Um, yeah, those type of things. And the fourth, and then the fourth one is saturation. So it's like, is your service being overwhelmed? Um, how far away are you from falling over? That type of stuff. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks for sharing those. That that's great. The, um, those are the, those are like the generic ones that you can apply to most services right it gets a little more difficult when you start talking about monoliths that do a bunch of stuff but for most microservices those things um fit the bill okay awesome i think for a lot of our uh listeners like some engineering organizations might not have an sre team yet some might I wanted to kind of kick off a discussion with you about how to get started with SRE. You went from, or we went from not having an SRE team to you creating one from scratch. Like what, what does that look like? So there's a couple ways you can get started. Um, and one of the things that I think is the, is the best way to get started is just measuring stuff you know, just getting the baseline of what's healthy, what's not healthy, what looks like health. And then you can start working from there. And then once you have that baseline, you know, like whether it's, you know, 80% uptime or 90% uptime or however bad it might happen to be or however great it might happen to be, you at least know where you're at. And then you can start measuring over time and you can figure out how do we make this better? Or maybe it's already perfect. Maybe we should be taking more chances. Maybe we should be rolling out more features and, and doing that. Um, that starts getting into that whole like error budget side. Um, but, but you could start doing things like that. And, and then just having that knowledge is something that you can take to a CTO or to a VP and say, look, this is where we're at right now. Here's how happy the customers probably are based on this thing this is where we should start focusing our time and effort if we want to make happier customers. Okay. What is the error budget? Oh, the error budget is, um, 
this has to do with your your so it's it's another one of these like SRE style terms and it has to do with your service level objective and your um, service level agreements so basically what we're saying is that 100% uptime is a fallacy it's a dream it's a joke right you never actually want to have 100% uptime it'd be like staffing your engineering organization with a bunch of chief scientists or, or chief engineers. It's just far too expensive to employ all of those people. It makes no sense. It's overkill. You're not going to get what you want. Yeah. Okay. The error budget's pretty much the of a similar nature. Um, you want to be up enough that your customers are happy, but you still want to be able to release features. And so the error budget says, you know, as long as you stay within your error budget, go ahead, keep releasing all the features and pushing and, you know, moving fast and breaking stuff and all those things. Once you breach that, that's when you need to, you know, slow back down, focus on reliability, um, push out reliability fixes instead of feature fixes until you get back into that happy zone. Yeah. So for, for you right now with your, your SRE team, um, yeah. And you said, I think you have maybe 400 engineers in the, in the entire organization and obviously far less on your SRE team. Does your team look after all the services, some of them? How, how, how do you think about going after that? So, okay. So this gets to the point where people treat SRE differently all across the board. There is no, like, this is the exact description of what an SRE does. Okay. So my team does something slightly different and, and other teams will do something even more different, right? Like, a, a, you know, an SRE team could be embedded into a particular project like um, Google Drive or Google Maps or something like that. And they could be in charge of owning, making sure Maps is up, making sure whatever Facebook is up, whatever the case is for your team. Um, my team is more of a um, quick hit embed type of thing. So what we do is we bring best practices and we bring um, processes that help teams improve their operational maturity. Um, and so we'll go and we'll sit with a team for a while and we'll say, okay, here are the things that we're seeing. These are the things that we can improve. Let's help you improve. And so we won't write the code. You know, we won't be like off in a corner writing a code and then just saying, here's this new thing. It works. You're off. You're done. Like go do it. It's like we work with the team to, to skill them up, to increase their knowledge base, to do those things um, such that they can have a more reliable, um, more you know, well-performing system. Yeah, I guess that's a scalable way to do it. In my experience, whenever it, it's like, okay, this team over here is going to write a bunch of code and then enforce that on this other team over here, usually doesn't go really well. No, it, that... that Never goes well. Never goes well. Um, who do you, like, what type of engineer do you see do well in the SRE role? It doesn't seem like it's for everyone necessarily. It is definitely not for everyone. And the work that my team does, you really have to, it, it's, it's funny, you need like a broad wealth of information and it needs to go pretty deep um, because you could be jumping onto a team that's dealing with like, Active Directory one day and a team the next day that's dealing with like packet loss. Um, and so you have to know a lot about a lot of things. 
So I find we, you know, we have a very experienced team that have done quite a few things. I find, um, <laughs> this is gonna sound silly, but I find that pedants, um, people who are very pedantic make great SREs um, because they will nitpick you on every little thing and they will find those details and they will get to the bottom of what is actually the problem. Right, good characteristic to have then. <laughs> a good characteristic for SREs, yeah. Um, we're a pretty metrics driven, uh, podcast. So I also want to ask you when, when you see an SRE team kind of come into an organization, so let's say an organization did not have an SRE team and then you've started an SRE team, um, what impact have you seen on that engineering org as a whole? I think a lot of it is just eye-opening to some people, right? Because SREs come with like a culture and like a mindset of these are the things that are important to us, which doesn't always gel with things that are important to developers, right? And like old school, um, in like old school organizations, right? You have the developer org and you have the operations org. The developers do their business logic they throw some crap over the wall, the operations teams pick it up and they, they release it. They don't know what they're releasing. The developers don't know how it gets released, all of those kinds of stuff. Everybody's upset. <laughs> Everybody's upset. Um, and when you introduce like some of these SREs or, or even some of the DevOps culture, you know, that kind of stuff, it breaks down that wall um, and you get to see both sides of the equation. Yeah. Um, and then it starts to reprioritize what's important. Mm. Um, and I always say like, um, you know, reliability is the number one feature, right? Cause if, if your if your web app is down or if, you know, um, you know, your service is unavailable, then it, it doesn't matter how many cool features you have, nobody can use them. Um, and so that's one of the things I think that SRE bring to bring to the equation is just, Hey, don't forget to think about this thing. Like, it's cool that you have six tick boxes over here, but if the site's down, who cares? One of the things that I saw in the last company that you and I worked together at where you founded our SRE team, um, at least at first, it kind of took a lot of pressure off the more feature delivery teams for them not to get interrupted as much. Yeah. So you know, they, they were working in sprints they had a commitment, obviously a production fire really can throw things off. You have to stop what you're working on. Usually a feature, go investigate it. It's like the worst thing possible. And I kind of saw your, your SRE team at, at, at first kind of uh, provide a little shield there. Mm -hmm. And we were able to start delivering uh, a little bit more on the feature side. Um, did you see that happen as well? Or what do you think about that? I do. I did see that, right? Like I lived that type of thing. And some of it was good. And I think some of it wasn't good, right? Because this, it, it gets back to like a gut feel type of thing, right? Like one of the things that we talk about within SRE is around the error budget, you know? And you say, if you've breached your error budget, then you stop doing features and you focus on reliability. And so what we did with, you know, the previous company is we inserted this SRE function to help like tame this mess. 
And I think that's good because we had a team that was just focusing, focusing on like the major hotspots and yeah. fixing the problems that, that existed within there. But it also meant the developers kept pushing out features. And so that they had the opportunity to keep breaking stuff if necessary. Right. And one of the things I like to do is I like to bring it back to the developers and say, hey, look, you wrote this code. You know what it does way better than I do. Help me fix this. Um, and that's yeah. the model that I like to see because I, I want to make sure that the, the, dev the devs who created this code have the, you know, they have the ownership. They have the responsibility to go ahead and make this thing better. That totally makes sense. It's a find over and over again with engineering and product delivery, it's always this game of balance. So, you know, SRE team comes in, they start doing some really, really good stuff, bring relief to the feature delivery, but then it can become abusive if the yep. uh, feature delivery teams do not then embrace and start owning the practices that hopefully SRE is giving them the knowledge of, because they might not have that, that knowledge. Yeah. Hey, what are these four metrics that we should be, you know, uh, monitoring? Like, what do they mean? Of course they know the code better, but they might not have some of those principles. If that doesn't happen, then the balance gets swayed too much and you just have this abused SRE team. Right. And again, nobody, nobody's happy. Right. So I, I like your model where you're saying, yeah, we come in and we provide this kind of initial relief, but it has to then be owned by each individual service owner. Yeah. Well, in the, um, in the SRE book or in Google practice, or at least on paper practice, they talk yeah. about bringing SREs onto teams that have services that mature over time. Okay. And they have production readiness reviews and all of these things with the SRE to make sure, okay, our service is mature enough. We do need your help. Um, it's not going to be an absolute crap show type of thing. Um, but then they also have this concept of like handing the pager back where the yeah. SRE can be like, you know what? You told me your service is ready. We looked at it and on paper it's ready, but this thing's actually a dumpster fire. Like you guys have to fix this. Um, I, I can't take this one. Yeah, I think I read that too. That speaks to the checks and balances. It's like, okay, your service has now dipped below a point where it's down too much. SRE team is spending way too much time. And I think in like the, the Google world, the SRE team has the power or the authority yeah. to say, we're done or, or you're done producing features until you get this cleaned up. You now have the page. You got to fix everything. That's yeah. pretty cool. It's cool. I don't um, know if pretty strict, pretty strict. In, uh, yeah. In reality, but on paper, that's what it says. And that, that's kind of nice. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully there's more empathy on both sides, but yeah, yeah it might be a, li a little too strict. Um, what's up? Is there anything new happening in SRE? At least from the little intro we did, this, this term was co coined in 2003. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's 2020. So yes. that's a really long time ago. Is there anything kind of new thoughts happening in the industry? Well, it was, I mean, it was mostly internal to Google for like 10 years, right? Like, oh, it, really? Okay. It, yeah, it's not a term that broke out of Google for quite a while. Um, so SRE has only been like in the mainstream for, you know, six or seven years. Or, and I say mainstream, I mean, within technology mainstream. Um, I think the biggest... <laughs> And I don't want to say hype, but I think the biggest thing right now is observability. 
right? Everyone's talking about observability and it's, it's more than just monitoring. It's more than just metrics. It's, it's actually understanding what your system is doing. And it, 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 it involves monitoring and it involves metrics, it involves you know, tracing and logging and all these things, but it's getting that like holistic view of what your service is doing and the happiness or the delight or whatever you wanna say that the customer is receiving from your service. Um, so, so there's a big focus on that, on that recently. Is observability different than visibility? Uh, yes, it, it okay, sort of encompasses that and a bunch of other stuff. And just so I understand, it's like when you say observability, is it taking that next level to the customer happiness? I think it's really understanding and encapsulating all of all of those things so that you have a true understanding of what you're of what your service is doing, right? It's ah. it's like it's way more than just that up metric that yep we got we're up so we must be working. It's actually saying like, is this meeting the customer's needs? Yeah, no, that makes sense. That that's great. If you don't have that customer context, I guess the metrics can be pretty hollow. Yes. Yeah. Okay. You can end up measuring a bunch of stuff that just is very meaningless. Yeah, that, that's great. Thanks, thanks for sharing that. So you are highly active in the SRE community from what I know. There's a book coming out. It's an O'Reilly book called 97 Things Every SRE Should Know. Um, and you're a part of that. Anything you, you can tell yeah. us or any pitch that you want to give around that? Well, it's, it's, it's one of those things, right? It's like all around how measuring everything is a trap, which is a great segue from what we were just talking about a second ago. Um, because, you know, like when you're a new developer and you're just learning out how to code and everything is like great and lovely and you, all you want to do is write code and you're like, I can add this new feature for this and I can add a new feature for that and I can add a new feature for this thing. And that's great. It's like, cool. Like, I'm glad you can do that. But any product owner or any product manager would be like, listen, we don't need a blink tag on this. Like, I know you can do it, but like, we just don't need this blink tag. <laughs> and it's the same thing with monitoring and, uh, and metrics. And you can come up with a thousand things to measure. Um, but at the end of the day, like if your customer's not happy and you can't tell if your customer's happy, then why are you measuring all these other things? So these are the things that you should be focusing on. So as you're standing up something new in the beginning, focus on what your customer wants and, and what your customer needs and how to make them happy and, and be able to tell people, yep, we know this number. Yep, we know this value. Dear CTO, dear CEO, here's what it looks like. All right, well, yeah, definitely worth checking out. And Murph, thanks so much for joining me on Dev Interrupted. Uh, yeah, it's been an amazing, amazing talk. So thanks for your time. Yeah, of course, anytime. All right, until next time, uh, I'm Dan Lines, and uh, this is Dev Interrupted.